I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button. If you've ever suffered with a urinary tract infection or a UTI, also known as a bladder infection, you know they're not fun. I want to introduce to you my Dr. Lisa O's Nourish UT. It's one of my flagship products that we've introduced, and the reviews and the feedback that we're getting is absolutely spectacular. It is a powerful supplement that helps support and maintain urinary tract health. I've blended together a blend of D-mannose, of cranberry juice powder, hibiscus flower extract, and dandelion herb extract. They all work together to promote urinary tract health and balance. So D-mannose, it's a simple sugar that is metabolized differently than other sugars, so it doesn't interfere with blood sugar levels. It's also known for its ability to help the body flush out harmful bacteria and toxins. Cranberry juice powder is rich in antioxidants and has been shown to help reduce the risk of UTIs. Hibiscus flower extract has been traditionally used to support digestive health, and it's also known for its diuretic properties. Dandelion herb extract is a well-known detoxifying agent that helps promote urinary tract health. You can find it over at drlisao.com and then click the shop button. Nourish UT by Dr. Lisa O. If you want more information and a deep dive into it, go back to episode 113, where we talk about all the studies that show the benefits of using these individual supplements. So putting it all together is such an amazing blend. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the show. I am super excited to have my guest here today, Dr. Diane Mueller. She has an amazing story and we're going to hear about this, but she really focuses in on Lyme disease. And I feel like that is something, especially here in Michigan. And I know you probably see it out there in Colorado too, and all of these different climates where um, people struggle with certain issues, right? And we're not really sure what's going on. And a lot of times this can be a hidden issue that might be creating a lot of stuff, right? Yes, hundred percent. Thank you so much, Dr. Lisa. It's like, it's really a important conversation to have because so many people aren't thinking about this and it's like Lyme disease caused by bacteria Borrelia is basically the great mimicker. So people don't think about this because they're in, you see a doctor and it's like, they get diagnosed with fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue or headaches or even menstrual abnormalities or insomnia, like so many different symptoms. And the root cause of these things is Lyme disease because, or can be Lyme disease in many situations because 
Lyme can actually cause our nerve cells to die. It causes so much inflammation in the body. So it can cause nerve cell death. It can cause systemic inflammation. So because of that, the symptoms are so widespread and they just kind of spread throughout the body that so many people don't even think to look for this because they already have a label. They already have insomnia label or they already have the chronic fatigue label and they just stop looking. Yeah. So did you have your own experience with Lyme? Is this how you got into this? Okay. Yeah. Let's hear about <laughs> this. Cause I'm sure there are so many people that can sit here and relate, right? Like, so, oh yes. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I think that's any of us that get into, you know, this health and wellness field, we all have our own stories, right? So my story started, I was a really, when I was a real young girl, I had chronic constipation and that was the kind of the first symptom I had that started when I was maybe five or six, something like that throughout my life, throughout my childhood, did all the conventional stuff. Everything was normal, IBS label. And I ended up going into naturopathic medical school because I was looking for another reason for why my gut was so bad. And it was when I was in school that I was trying to solve my gut issue. But then I started having all of these other crazy symptoms like dementia, like forgetting where I lived, you know, like leave the house and being like, I would call them episodes because it was like this cloud would come over my my head and I would lose ability to think, to reason, and sometimes to remember things. How old were you then? This was in my late 20s, 27, 28. Yeah. And so during that time, the other thing that was going on, a few different things, but I was occasionally having to be carried because I was having such crazy nerve pain that I would actually feel sometimes, the way I describe it is that somebody had a saw and they were actually trying to saw my leg off and you know, nothing. I did all the standard stuff, you know, it was like an example of like the great mimicker, like I'm talking about, like I did all the stuff we recommend, all the amazing basics, made sure my nutrition was dialed, made sure, you know, I was seeing my chiropractor, my structure was good, all that stuff. And, and so there was a deeper thing happening because nothing was holding. And so with all of that, what wound up happening is when I started to go through lab testing and all that, initially what was told to me was you're in medical school, you have medical school syndrome, Stress. nobody <laughs> sleeps in medical school. Right. So it's like, even these holistic programs are not holistic when you're in them. No kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people that's when my coffee habit started, right. It was <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely when my coffee habit yeah, started. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so I, it was medical school syndrome got out of school. And it wasn't until my colleagues were telling me, you know, a few months after three, six months after they're like, we're feeling great. And I was like, I'm feeling worse than ever before. And that was when it was kind of my very big, like cue into something's actually wrong here. And that's when I did additional diagnostic tests, found Lyme disease, a lot of other insect borne infections, parasites I hadn't found before mold toxins. And my journey to wellness began. And they all kind of tie together, right? From my understanding, like it's one thing and not necessarily, did you, when do you think you were bit by a tick or, or, I mean, now we know it's also from all sorts of different things, but yes. <laughs> so often people are like, but I never had a bullseye rash. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. So the studies vary on the bullseye rash, that target lesion rash. So like, so some of the studies say that it's as little as 33% of people actually get the rash. And the other thing to consider is that if we get bitten by a, an insect, say on our scalp, under our hairline, we're never going to see that. So I really have been educating people like, yes, it's great if you have the rash because it's early diagnosis, right? You take it seriously. 
But if you don't have the rash, it looks like a cold, a flu, you know, you feel sick for a few days, most typically acutely, and you move on. And so I think I could have been, been bitten actually probably by a tick. I, I grew up in the Northern Virginia area and I did a lot of camping with my family in the Appalachian Mountains. And my young sister actually had Lyme disease in the late 80s. And I remember my mom taking her from doctor to doctor to doctor. And this was still in line, was like really new on the scene, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was like, she was convincing doctor to doctor to doctors, like, this is Lyme, this is Lyme, this is Lyme, finally found somebody to believe her and she got treated. But it was very possible because I was probably on the same camping trip when she mm -hmm. got bit that it occurred, you know, around then. And I would have been about 10, you know, 10 years old then. So that's, that's my best guess. But now we also know that what's really interesting is that the infected um, ticks, the larvae of these infected ticks, this is really gross. They will actually be inside of the guts of songbirds. And so songbirds fly around and they are, they basically defecate on the earth. That's the gross part, right? You know, they're pooping on the earth, but they're actually dropping the larvae of these infected ticks. Okay. So we know for sure that's one way this is spreading. And now it's like definitely way more, you know, it, it, endemic where it's just, it's spreading all over the place. So I think possibly as young as 10, I did have some signs of um, Lyme disease in college. I was, I had a lot of bursitis in my joints, that swelling of the fluid filled sac that can happen. And that's real common in Lyme disease. So it's possible that, you know, I got it someplace, you know, sometime early in my life, but who knows? We can never really tell. So, and, and definitely it's that floating pain, right? From, and this is coming from my chiropractic standpoint as well, yes. where I see with patients where it's one thing and it moves that they're floating joint pain. It's never one consistent area. So then for, there could be a lot of us that have been exposed decades ago. So what are some of the other symptoms? You know, you, you mentioned the brain fog, even like that dementia uh, type stuff or, you know, memory type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, insomnia, but obviously it's affecting the gut. It's affecting the brain. It's affecting all sorts of different areas. So let's kind of deep dive into the different symptoms and to when somebody should ask, probably not their medical doctor, I'm assuming, unless they're specialized in this, but we're probably going to be looking at something, somebody more functional Yes. <laughs> and what type of test yeah. and how we're going about all this stuff, because I understand that process. I understand when you walk into the MD and they're like, well, no, it's uh, that's, I've yeah. always said that man, for the last, well, 20 years, I told you it's, but I'm celebrating 20 years of practice. And, um, fibromyalgia is a diagnosis that they slap on everybody. And I feel like a lot of times it can be, we can be totally seeing Lyme. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Fibro was actually part of my whole clinical picture. So I understand that on a personal level, how debilitating that is. And I want to start that in answering your question yeah. with this whole thing about the migrating pain, that moving pain, because it's a good place to start because that is from a textbook Lyme perspective, we could say that is probably the most textbook symptom because Lyme, when it's in its active form, Lyme has three different forms. It tends to move between. These forms are kind of different shapes that the microorganism organism takes. And depending upon its shape actually will change some of what the microorganism is able to do. So when it's in its spiral shape, kind of like a corkscrew, it basically can move around the body and it loves hyaluronic acid, that, that stuff that makes our joints, you know, lubricated and healthy. And so part of the theory of why Lyme moves is one, because it's able, it's like has this corkscrew. So it's kind of like a, you know, like an actual screw and shape. So it helps it burrow. 
but it moves because it's like, oh, hyaluronic acid in your elbow, hyaluronic acid in the shoulder. And it's like chasing its food source. So I like to start with that, you know, because you brought it up. And I think it's good to mention the textbook, but also to say like, not everybody is textbook. So just if you have pain and it's like most days in your shoulder, while that is not textbook Lyme, and most of the time pain does migrate, there are times where people appear not textbook and the pain can actually just be in one joint over and over and over again. Okay. So that's definitely important to know. And then beyond that, you know, kind of going from head to toe, you know, looking at the head between, you know, brain fog and memory, like we've mentioned, but also thinking headaches, migraines, TMJ, even like Bell's palsy, where the nerves in the face get affected, the, the trigeminal nerve and the face gets droopy, eye changes, so blurry vision can happen, sound and light sensitivity, rage is really common, mood disturbances, neck pain is common. Um, we actually see heart palpitations, some shortness of breath in some people, so it can affect these organs. It will and can attack the vagus nerve. Or the, and basically when it does that, what will happen is we actually then, because this nerve regulates so many different parts of our body, uh, like as far as digestion and that sort of stuff, we can get slow digestion. We can actually get a tendency to collect microorganisms in our gastrointestinal tract. So we can see problems there. We can sometimes see urinary problems, frequent urination, definitely sex hormone problems. So libido issues, we can see erectile dysfunction. We can see menopausal, like early onset menopausal type of symptoms, um, pain in the calves sometimes. And that sometimes happens with Bartonella's Cohen or Babesia Lyme disease co-infection Bartonella, which is another insect borne bacteria. And what else am I forgetting? Depersonalization. That's a really interesting one. So that one I had, and this is such a strange symptom to explain to people. Like when, like for me, depersonalization was this almost a sensation that I was outside of myself, my body, like, like almost like an out of body experience where it was like, I was outside of my body and I would be looking down, not inhabiting my body. So it was very, very, very disorienting exercise intolerance, thyroid issues, adrenal issues. So there's others that I'm not mentioning neuropathies, but, you know, hopefully I think the point that, that people should be getting from this really is it's the great mimicker. It can look like so many different things because of how it burrows, it moves, it affects the nerves, you know, these things we started talking about and the biggest number one, you know, or I would say the number two, top two reasons to really go down the line road beyond the obvious stuff, like you had a tick bite, you have a rash. So beyond that, if you have a diagnosis, like we're talking about like fibro, where it's like, okay, we don't know what's doing this. If you have any sort of diagnosis where it's like, there's no re there, there's not a like a actual reason for this, right? So we can say with hypothyroidism, like your body's not making as much thyroid. Okay, we got to reset that pathway. But with fibro, it's more like, you know, it's a diagnosis of exclusion. You know, we can do yeah. some limited testing, but for the most part, it's like you don't meet any of these other criteria. Here's your label. So if you have a diagnosis like that, if you have a diagnosis where it's like we don't know what's happening, it's definitely a good reason to think about Lyme. And the other thing I would say there is if you have multiple systems involved, so if like your only symptom is fatigue and you have no other symptoms, 
the likelihood that's something simple, thyroid, adrenals, nutrient imbalances, lifestyle, sleep, right? But if you have fatigue plus pain plus digestive issues, right? The, when you start combining these different things around the body and it's like, wow, this is affecting multiple systems, that's another big keynote thing to say, hey, it's worth looking into Lyme testing. And Do you ever get bored with water and you're kind of scared of what's in the energy drinks or maybe worried about the aluminum cans of sparkling water? I got something great for you, something that's good tasting for you. It's good for you. It tastes great. It helps to balance out electrolyte levels. I have been using Element or LMNT, as you may have seen it, these little salt packets for a couple of years, and I absolutely love them. They have 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. Here's the deal. If you're doing keto or if you're doing low carb, you're losing electrolytes, and we need to replenish them. If you're working out heavily, you need to replenish your electrolytes, and this is a great way to do that. I absolutely love the raspberry flavor. That is my favorite out of all of them. Go ahead, click the link below, or go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Dr. Lisa O, D-R, Lisa O, L-M-N-T. Click the link below. Okay, ladies, you have heard this over and over again. Before we even leave the house in the morning, we are exposed to several hundred chemicals from the shampoo that we use and the body wash to the face wash and then all of our makeup and everything else. So, Obviously, clean makeup is so important to me, and people are always asking what I use. And I want to introduce to you Crunchy. I am absolutely loving these products. I have been using them for a while now, and I've just now decided to share it with you all on the podcast. My two favorite products are the Crunchy Power Light Eye Cream, which has been amazing results, along with the Crunchy Golden Light multi-peptide facial serum. You can check it out at crunchi.com, crunchy.com forward slash Lisa Olszewski, which will be a lot easier to just click the link below. But if you do want to write it down, that's crunchi.com forward slash L-I-S-A-O-L-S-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Like I said, it's easier just to click the link below. I know we want to talk about that. You mentioned it, but I want to pause to see if you have any comments before I no, go. No, I do. I want to talk about the Lyme, uh, Lyme testing, right? Because I've gone through the testing. Yeah. Um, and so it's one of those things that if you we find it, I guess let's talk about the Lyme testing because I'm assuming you, you probably do the testing of what I've done. It's not the typical medical testing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So we want, again, to find a functional person to like somebody like Dr. Diane to work with, with Lyme, because um, if you walk into your MD for Lyme testing, I'm, it's going to be a whole chase around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless your MD is a Lyme literate MD and they are right. out there, right? Yeah. So they are out there, but the biggest thing is the diagnose, like how we actually diagnose and how we've been taught to diagnose Lyme disease is a very, it's just very outdated mm -hmm. and the lab tests are very outdated. So like the first line of care for Lyme testing is the ELISA test. Well, there's one study that actually shows that the ELISA test, the first thing that, that doctors are recommended to do to, as far as testing has a 66% chance of a false negative. Like, okay. So that's the first thing. And you only move on to the second test, which is not that much better if you make it past this 66% of a false negative. Like, what the heck are we doing? Right. So that's problem number one. And okay. so beyond that, 
like in conventional world, what also is happening? So if you make it past, you know, this gateway, this number one gateway, the ally, so you move on to the Western blot. And the Western blot isn't necessarily a horrible test. There's, there's problems with the conventional Western blot and there's problems with how it's interpreted. So the problem with the conventional Western blot as a test itself is that Borrelia, the bacteria that causes Lyme disease, classically what we're taught is that Borrelia burgdorferi, burgdorferi is a type of that Borrelia, it's a type of that bacteria. And so classically we're taught it's this type of this bacteria, this Borrelia bacteria that causes the Lyme disease. The problem is, is that there's many different types of Borrelia, there's many different species, and they can all basically cause, or not all, but most of them can cause Lyme disease, can cause all these same symptoms. And so if you make it past in standard conventional care, if you make it past gateway one, the ELISA, and you move on to gateway two, in our common conventional test, they're actually only testing even on gateway two for one species, that Borrelia burgdorferi. So if you happen to be bitten by an insect who has a different type of this bacteria, you're gonna, even if you happen to make it, if you happen to get lucky enough to make it through gateway number one, you're gonna get shut down at gateway number two. And so the other, the third problem then with a conventional world is in how the tests are interpreted. So the second gateway I'm talking about, the Western blot test, so let's say you happen to have Borrelia burgdorferi, you happen to have the species that is popping on this test, then it's an interpretation issue. So the way that we're classically trained to interpret the Western blot, the Western blot, what this test is, it's a test that's looking for your immune system response to proteins found in the Borrelia Lyme bacteria. Now, always with lab testing, there's always this thing that we need to cons uh, consider of specificity. How specific is the test for identifying, in this case, Lyme and only Lyme? And so what we know is that Western blot, this test is looking for a lot of different proteins that are found on the Lyme bacteria. Some of these proteins are very, very specific. Just Lyme has them. Some, some of these proteins are not specific, meaning this protein could be on Lyme, this protein could be on a viral you know, infection, for example. So the problem is with the standard Western blot, there's not a lot of interpretation difference for really saying, you know what, if you have a protein, an immune response for a protein, and we know for sure in science and research that Lyme is the only thing that can actually be seen with this particular protein, that should be an automatic, yes, this is a positive test diagnosis, but it's not. You have to, depending upon the part of the Western blot you're looking at, you have to have three or five different proteins present, and some of them are really specific. So if the test just happened to not pick up one of the proteins, you could have negative response or a negative diagnosis because of the interpretation. So I know this is getting pretty like heady and I don't want to lose people, but the biggest take-home points here really come down to, I think, understanding that there's a lot of problems with the conventional test, but there's a lot of unawareness in the medical community right now about how to properly interpret the test. So it's not just about a good test, it's also about a clinician that's trained in how to interpret these well.
Right. And so then if we go end up with these symptoms and we are positive on all of this, what are some of the treatment methods? I know there's a lot of different herbs out there, but then I also know that there are different um, types of medications that some of the doctors will use, et cetera. So what is a, a conventional route? And and is there light at the end of the tunnel? Like, are you just con- constantly kind of in remission or do you ever eradicate it? Yeah. Great questions. <laughs> and maybe we'll start with the, I'll start backwards and then yeah. um, kind of circle us around just to ground us in hope as we're going through yeah. treatment. Um, so basically it's, it's not 100% clear, you know, honestly, research wise, like if it's ever truly gone, but it, what it looks like is it does look like it's most likely similar to say chicken pox, you know, we get it, we live with it. Most of us, 99% of people don't get chicken pox reactivated as shingles. With Lyme, the, the biggest thing with this is like in order to keep it in remission, in order to keep it from reactivating, working on stress. It's like, for me, I use it as like a personal motivational tool to be like, I need to do my self-care stuff because- even if I don't think I have time, I better make time because if I have a Lyme recurrence, that's going to make me have a whole lot less time. So maybe I'll prioritize this other thing that I need to. So there is hope. There's hope. And the, the thing that as we go through treatment and talk about that, that I hope everybody's really hearing in this is that we can absolutely get it to a point that for all intents and purposes, you don't feel like you have Lyme. You feel healthy. You feel happy. You are totally normal. And it, it, for all intents and purposes, it's gone, you know? So that's, that's the big thing to, to realize. Now, treatment's tricky. And treatment's tricky because like I mentioned earlier, there are three different shapes that Lyme can actually exist in. And these three different shapes, the way I, des- I describe this to my patients is I almost describe it almost like, imagine like you're going to a costume party and everybody has their one costume and you figure out like, oh, okay, well, I that's, that's Dan over there in that costume. But then Dan goes into the bathroom and he puts on a different costume and all of a sudden you don't realize it's Dan anymore, right? So that's like Lyme switching its shapes. <laughs> Yeah. And with the treatment, what's interesting, especially from a pharmaceutical antibiotic perspective, if we give just one antibiotic, it's only going to attack Lyme when it's in its one costume. It doesn't actually see Lyme when it's in its other costume. So from an antibiotic standpoint, if you go that route, you really need to do triple antibiotic therapy and work with with, um, antibiotics that are going to hit all three of these costumes. And It's not, you know, for acute Lyme, antibiotic therapy oftentimes makes a lot of sense. But for chronic Lyme, when it's like, you know, anything after two months, we really want to consider herbal therapy as the first line. And that is what I use in my first line. And I do use antibiotics some, but it's, it's fairly rare. It's maybe 5% of clients at this point. It's, it's a very low population. It's only when people are not responding to herbs and most people do, because the problem is treatment oftentimes is a year or longer. Mm-hmm. And to put somebody on antibiotics that long and destroy the microbiome, and we know how much the microbiome is our immune system. And when we're talking about this whole thing around recurrence, In addition to stress, the other big thing that I've seen with recurrence is I've seen so much more recurrence in people that have used pharmaceuticals to treat than they have used herbs, right? And I think that's where we're killing the terrain. We're killing the microbiome. So as much as possible, we need to avoid that. Now, with herbal therapy, one of the things that works really well, so we want to consider herbs also, and and the protocols I use are things that 
are really getting Lyme in all these three forms. But we also want to make sure that Lyme does not, that the bacteria does not become sensitized. And this can happen with herbs or antibiotics where all of a sudden the therapies do not work anymore. Lyme, because Lyme's so smart, like the, as a microorganism, it's like brilliant. I have all these theories for, we'll say for another time about Lyme being like an alien species from another planet, <laughs> because I really think it's just, it's such an intelligent microorganism. We get down to the science of how it works. And so one of the things that can help prevent Lyme from just going into its dormant phase and hiding and you think you're better and all of a sudden it's like, well, no, it was just in dormancy and it's coming alive again. One of the things that helps prevent that is pulsing the herbs. So I do things, for example, like take the killing agents five days on, take two days off. And what that's doing is if the, the line has started to become a little sensitive to it, it kind of forgets about what was treating it. So it's like, the, it's basically this, this um, hide and seek kind of trickery game that we're really playing with it. So it's very much almost like parasites. It's and very much like parasites, yeah, parasites yeah. too, like cycling with that. I remember laughing, um, well, with one of the owners of, I don't know, do you use Cellcore in your yeah. practice? Yeah. So, um, in laughing with Todd at one point, yeah. as I said, here's the deal. This is what I've told my patients. I'm like, if you're going to cheat because people are, in, are going, going to cheat at some point, I'm like, yes. go ahead and do your sugar and your alcohol around the full moon, bring those suckers out and then attack them hard. And he just looked at me and he's like, that's actually a really smart idea. Like he's like, I never would have thought of that, but I'm like, because who is going to be a hundred percent on all the time. But I'm like, that's when I've seen some people that have passed some of the craziest things yes. during that time period. So, okay. Yes. So we are looking at this and, and treating it, um, like playing tricks on it, I guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah. We're playing tricks on it. And the other big thing with treatment that I really like to emphasize for people is people get so excited about killing. Right. So, you know, it's like in parasites, I see this too, where I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Them, like, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to almost yeah. see the parasite. So I know something's happening. Right. It can be obsessive, which is totally natural and normal. Mm -hmm. But what, what we want to also do is like, it's exciting as it is to kill, because we know that this is one of the fundamental root causes. Mm -hmm. We also have to think about the widespread impact that it's had on the body. So like I mentioned early on, we see that our adrenal glands are destroyed. We see that our thyroid functions are destroyed. We often see a ton of micronutrient deficiencies, vitamins, minerals, these types of things. And so, and people have been sick and inflamed for so long that it's very, very frequent that they're, they almost don't have the immune reserves. Yeah. So another thing that's really important in treatment, and oftentimes I even start here before even doing any of the killing is actually, I call it more the, the metabolic rebuild. Yes. And so doing things like, you know, our micronutrient tests, our organic acid tests, our functional thyroid markers, our adrenal markers, sex hormone markers, and seeing where those things are and actually saying, okay, well, if you're progesterone deficient, if you're vitamin C deficient, if you're B6 deficient, we want to actually make sure we're incorporating and usually starting with building your system up for a second before we go in and we dive into this super aggressive treatment that basically is going to like, it's good to get this stuff out of your body, but it is very tiring for your immune system to be attacking like this. So we really want to give it the stamina and the juice to be able to go after these microorganisms. I love it. That's my whole, like my whole, 
supplement line is nourish, balance, thrive, because that's what I have seen where people are just about, let's get rid of it. Let's detox, let's detox, let's detox. And it's like, you've got to nourish and build first. So I love your philosophy on that. (laughs) All right. So there's definitely um, light or light at the end of the tunnel. And I think there's a lot of people that are out there, like, like that get the results of their tests. And they realize that, oh, this makes sense as to why I have been living this way, but to know that we can thrive with it. Right. So we go through, we, we get that, we put them into remission, right. And then just make sure that we're always constantly managing our stress levels and not allowing it to rebound back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and I, the other thing to mention with this is there is an element of genetics that is related to Lyme. So genetically, some people are more susceptible to having the toxins from Lyme accumulate. So, you know, we know that all these microorganisms secrete toxins when they are inside of us and especially when they die. And we do see that some people have a genetic anomaly where their immune system is not able to actually see these toxins from Lyme when the toxins get released. And when they have this genetic anomaly, and it's fairly, it's fairly common, it's like close to a quarter of the population, the is same HFR or no. No, no, it's an HLA-DR. So it's the same genetic anomaly that that makes, there's an overlap between not being able to detox Lyme toxins and then not being able to detox mold toxins. Uh That's why Lyme and mold, a great, probably three quarters of my client population have both Lyme and mold because they just go together because of this genetic anomaly. So, you know, we do have a tendency if we have this genetic anomaly for Lyme to affect us worse and cause more systemic problems because it's really the toxins that are creating a lot of the havoc. And if our body and our immune system, because of our immuno issue, right, our immuno challenge, we could say, is not able to see these toxins and the toxins build up and they're not removed. So when we're going through our recovery period, and one of the things, you know, we see with like turning um, health promoting disease on and, G's, gen, uh, and disease promoting genes off, one of the best things that I've seen in research really is like stress, meditation, the mindset. These are like some of the most profound things. Other things, methyl donors, you know, we, we know like SAMI as a nutrient we know can help, but our stress mindset types of things really are what I've seen in research, the biggest players with getting our genetics to really um, unexpress, you know, once they've been expressed, the, the bad ones. And so that's another reason to really make sure that you are focusing on getting some time into that. And, you know, I, I always like to tell people, cause mindset's a, such a hard thing to work in, you know, it's like the hardest thing. And it's like, it's hard for me too. I've been doing mindset work since I was 22 years old. And it's like, you know, I'm 42 now and it's still hard. And, but the biggest thing with that is like two minutes a day, one minute a day is a win. You know, yes. so I would just like really encourage people like you can like, you know, you don't have to go like go to a meditation to retreat if you want to great. But even if you can get even just like 60 seconds a day of breath work in while you're in the shower, while, while you're driving, like at bed, obviously be safe if you're driving, you know, but these types of things like a little bit on a regular basis is going to go way further than like, okay, I'm going to commit for an hour every day this week. And then a week goes by and then it just like goes in the toilet. I agree 100%. That's my simple, like, again, the healthy living simple. I, I always tell people, I'm like, if all you do is walk to the end of the driveway today and tomorrow you take a couple more steps, like a week from now, you will be healthier. I can guarantee it. Right. Like yes. just those simple <laughs> things. Okay. So then I have a question on this. If, is it more, um, as the Lyme is dying off, as if they're not able to detoxify it out, is that what, what is causing a lot of like the hormone issues or the insomnia? Um, or what, what is 
I guess, the driving force of the mechanism behind those symptoms? It's it, there's definitely a huge toxin issue with, okay. with driving it. And what can happen is we can have blood brain barrier disease. We can have leaky brain. Yeah. And this is where the web becomes really complicated because leaky brain, you know, the blood brain barrier is supposed to keep bad things out, things that are mm-hmm. not supposed to be in the brain, but the brain becomes leaky and then toxins get into the brain. And so what will happen is that the toxins actually will uh, disrupt the hypothalamus and it'll disrupt several of the um, brain hormones that are produced there. But one of them it's disrupts is, um, MSH melanocyte stimulating hormone and melanocyte stimulating hormone. Like most of us in school just learn it as like, okay, well it helps the the skin cells. Right. And it helps we produce pigment, but it actually melanocyte stimulating hormone actually has other mechanisms of regulating our melatonin cycle and regulating our adrenal production, our and our sex hormone production. So through this, these toxins getting into the brain and actually impacting the MSH, that's mm-hmm. you know one of the main mechanisms. And the web link that I want to tie together for everybody here with this blood-brain barrier disease is a couple of examples of what can make the brain leaky. There's a lot of different examples, but a couple that I like talking about One is high cholesterol. So we see that high cholesterol can lead to leaky brain. And another is any gram-negative bacteria. So gram-negative bacteria for everybody that's listening is medical term for a classification of bacteria. This classification of bacteria is really commonly seen in chronic UTIs, a lot of gastrointestinal diseases and overgrowth, SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So anything that's going to, if you have one of these chronic type of conditions that are super common, like chronic urinary tract infections, the bacteria associated with that could actually be making your brain leaky and actually allowing toxins to enter the brain. So part of treatment also is like, I always tell people, I'm like, it might seem like I'm checking your cholesterol for no good reason because you're here because you have knee pain because of Lyme disease, but I'm actually making sure your blood brain barrier is intact. And that's the importance of really looking holistically as an approach to this because of how all of these different things interplay with each other. Okay. I love it. All right. Well, give them all your information where they can find you. And then if there's any questions, I want them to email over because we're going to bring you back on because I'm sure this is like, it's such a wonderful topic to like really deep dive in. And I mean, we could go on forever, but <laughs> yeah, I, there's so much to say on this. Yeah. So you guys can find me at mylimedoc.com. I'll, you know, give Dr. Lisa that information for you. Um, I do have a downloadable uh, video ebook series on there. So it's a really cool ebook series and it goes into this topic even more. So many people, like I said, with this condition of brain fog and like reading's really hard. So that's why I put it in the ebook format where it's just like links to the videos that explain things in certain orders for you so that it makes um, learning about this stuff a little bit easier. So you can find that in um, right on my website. And then I have a new book coming out soon on this. So I'll give you the information about that as well. It's called It's Not In Your Mind. It'll be on Amazon coming out mid-March. And that is available. I don't know when this is launching, but that's available for pre-sale starting now. So, oh, perfect. All right. Well, we will put all the links below. So perfect. Diane, thanks so much for joining us today. This was so informative. And I know I'm sure there are a ton of light bulbs that just went off for so many people. So you've given awesome. them hope. This is great. Thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate being able to talk to the talk about this and give people hope that there's answers. So thank yes. you. Thank you. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. 
I personally read each and every one of them as they come in, and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is The Legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. My Nourish Balance Thrive supplement line has finally arrived. I am so excited to share them with you all. I have been taking the products for months now to test them first. And now that they are here for you, I want to share with you my favorite product of all of them. They're all really amazing. But this one is the Nourish Liver Support. We talk about toxicity a lot on the pod from our food and our environment to the air that we breathe and the water that we drink. And as you've heard me say, if we're not getting rid of toxins, on a daily basis, they're going to store in certain areas of your body, kind of think of it being stored in your fat. So as I've told so many of my patients over the years, if they're struggling with weight loss, one reason could be an overburdened body because you just got so many extra toxins being stored in the fat and your body won't release that fat. So we've got to be able to help filter the stuff out and your liver is a filter. So the Nourish Liver Support, I absolutely love. You can check it out at drlisao.com. Click on shop or just click the link below. I want to introduce you to my newest product, Balance Tea, in my Nourish Balance Thrive line. What is Balance Tea? This is balancing out testosterone. It might just be the supplement that you've been missing in your entire routine. Ladies, I don't want you to freak out thinking this is only for men. This is also for you. We need testosterone in the right amounts to promote lean, sexy muscle. So if you are realizing you're doing your workouts, you're not really gaining muscle mass, you can't figure out what's going on, you might want this product. So I absolutely love it. I noticed a huge change in my workouts immediately after I started testing it out. So check it out. Grab a bottle for you. Grab a bottle for your hubby. You're going to love it. Click the link below. Otherwise, drlisao.com and then click on the shop button.